Hi, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Sislanko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. We are part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Communications Director. This is Season 3, Episode 12, for the fourth Sunday of Lent, March 22, 2020. Please note that this was our first streaming Mass due to the coronavirus. We hope all of you are well. Our gospel reading today is from John chapter 9, verses 1 through 41. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither he nor his parents sinned. It is so that the works of God might be visible through him. We have to do the works of the one who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and smeared the clay on his eyes and said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back able to see. His neighbors and those who had seen him earlier as a beggar said, Isn't this the one who used to sit and beg? Some said, It is. But others said, No, he just looks like him. He said, I am. So they said to him, How were your eyes opened? He replied, The man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and told me, Go to Siloam and wash. So I went there and washed and was able to see. And they said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. They brought the one who was once blind to the Pharisees. Now Jesus had made clay and opened his eyes on a Sabbath. So then the Pharisees also asked him how he was able to see. He said to them, He put clay on my eyes, and I washed, and now I can see. So some of the Pharisees said, This man is not from God, because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others said, How can a sinful man do such signs? And there was a division among them. So they said to the blind man again, What do you have to say about him, since he opened your eyes? He said, He is a prophet. Now the Jews did not believe that he had been blind and gained his sight, until they summoned the parents of the one who had gained his sight. They said to him, Is this your son, who you say was born blind? How does he now see? His parents answered and said, We know that this is our son, and that he was born blind. We do not know how he sees now, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He can speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews, for the Jews had already agreed that if anyone acknowledged him as the Christ, he would be expelled from the synagogue. For this reason, his parents said, He is of age. Question him. So a second time, they called the man who had been blind and said to him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He replied, If he is a sinner, I do not know. One thing I do know is that I was blind and now I see. So they said to him, What did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I told you already, and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? They ridiculed him and said, 
You are that man's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but we do not know where this one is from. The man answered and said to them, This is what is so amazing, that you do not know where he is from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but if one is devout and does his will, he listens to him. It is unheard of that anyone ever opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he would not be able to do anything. They answered him and said to him, You were born totally in sin, and are you trying to teach us? Then they threw him out. When Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, he found him and said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered and said, Who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, I do believe, Lord. And he worshipped him. Then Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see might see, and those who do see might become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not also blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you are blind, you would have no sin, but now you are saying, We see, so your sin remains. The Gospel of the Lord. As we gather today and we ponder the events of the last couple of weeks, it begs the very real and true question of what does this time of crisis evoke within you? What are you thinking and how are you feeling? The answer to those questions is going to be very dependent upon several factors, not least of which is what we bring to life in general, our own preconceived notions of the world, of God, of one another, our expectations, our own personal histories and our baggage all influence how we look at and react to events around us. If we find ourselves a bit isolated these last couple of weeks, if we find ourselves even in a place where we're forced to be quarantined or choosing that ourselves, distant from the social connections that we normally have and depend upon in our lives, then our reaction to what is happening is going to be so clearly laden with a sense of loneliness, fear, and even pain and loss. Maybe what's happening around us is evoking precisely that regardless of our social connections. Maybe we look around at those we gather with today and still feel fear, uncertainty, wonder, confusion. Or maybe even in the midst of all of that, we find ourselves in yet a different place. A place where we look to God And we say, somehow, in some way, we will get through this. We all come with different agendas. We're all in different places, 
But we all find ourselves here in the same sacred space, listening to the same sacred word, and soon witnessing the same sacred meal, looking for guidance and direction from God, who is the source and the foundation of our lives. But we also realize that walking down a path that is dark can also be very challenging, to say the least. You know, maybe what we've been confronting over the last several days and couple of weeks is really staring face to face with a reality that we often don't want to admit, but, you know, we really have to, is that the earthly securities upon which we so readily rely maybe aren't that secure at all. Maybe what's been unmasked a bit is this illusion that we live, the veil that we place over our existence, this life that we created, and we're bumping up against its frailty and how quickly that can be eroded and things can change. Look how quickly, day to day, life is unfolding and changing in ways that a month ago we never even would have imagined. But yet today, we are asked to walk that very journey down a road that is dimly lit. I've listened to a lot of stories over the past several days, stories that are laden with tears and anxiety, people who are worried and concerned, wondering where this is all going to go, where it's going to end. And yet we're asked to travel down this road of uncertainty. Do we find ourselves turning to God and saying, Lord, where are you in the midst of all of this? Of course we do. Searching for the light of faith in the midst of the darkness of our experience. Looking for the truth in the midst of the falsehood. Looking for the way to pursue our lives. You know, I was thinking about my own life journey. And there's been many, many times myself that I found myself wondering, Lord, where are you? What are you doing? And where is this all going to go? And during those times, as you wrestle with those kinds of questions, as you ponder the immensity of those kinds of concerns, I've actually found myself having a good knockout drag out with God and saying, where are you? If you're expecting me to do one thing or another or be one person or another, then I need to see and touch you as 
a person, a real divine presence. I need to understand better. I need to see more clearly. And find myself getting angry with the Lord. And it's okay. It's okay to get angry and wonder and even doubt. Because those can all be powerful motivators for a deepening of a relationship and bringing us from one place to another. Where are you, God, in the midst of life? And as we dialogue with God about these huge questions, these huge factors of life, we begin to see that there's something more going on in the midst of all of this. That there is always a creating and a recreating that is happening and occurring in the depths of who we are. We begin to see that we're being guided and led. That as we have to leave one thing, there is always something else to come. That there is always hope, inspiration, faith, and most importantly, love. You see, some things can be taken away, but the ones that really matter at the end of the day, the ones that we crave for so deeply in our hearts, cannot. The things that bind us together and make real sense out of life cannot be taken away. There is an eternal quality to them that lasts forever. And can we hear God saying to us today in the depths of our hearts, trust in me. We don't have the vision all of the time, but we can have the desire to see. And if in wrestling with all that is around us, in dealing with all that's happening within us, all of our emotions, the anxieties, the fears, the uncertainties, all of that, and trying to reach out for God's presence, Lord, I want to journey with you. I want to see. That can be our prayer. Lord, help me to see. Because when life gets tough and it's difficult to continue at times, ideas about God pale. We realize it's not our minds that can solve our problems and bring us a sense of true peace and lasting happiness. But only a relationship can do that. Only a relationship with God can allow us to pick ourselves up out of the loneliness that some of you may be experiencing, out of the despair that others may perceive, 
out of the anxiety that you may be experiencing to bring us to a place of light and hope and trust and realize as God has reached out to the history of humanity and saved them from disasters beyond what we're experiencing today, bringing them to the waters of new life and the waters of new birth, God can also do the same for us. All we have to do is trust. And can we truly find a way today to bring ourselves together around the Holy Word and the Sacred Eucharist, to stop even for a moment and put away all that concerns us and all that can capulate our minds and zap us of our energy and find a place of peace, if only for a moment, and there be able to say, Lord, I am with you. I may not be able to see you at all times. I may not know where the road of this life is going to end. I do not know where the darkness is going to bring me. But I know that if I trust and I maintain this relationship with you, you will bring me where I need to be. You will bring those I love where they need to be. And all will be well. Father Mark Stislenko is the pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Learn more about our parish community at isidoreandmaria.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our music comes free of charge from Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening. <laughs>